The only way that we are not uh, going to falter in this last hour is going to be because of the grace of God. Amen. You say, no, it's faith. I can tell you you have no faith without God's grace. Praise God. So we need the grace of God. And uh, I, uh, I am so thankful this morning. Uh, what, a, what a mighty God. What an awesome God. And he gives us grace for every season, even the end time season. Even the end time season. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 22. Chapter 22. Thank you, Jesus. I want to go all the way to the back. You know, all the way to the back of the Bible. And I want to read one verse of Scripture. I was going to read the whole chapter, but I'm going to um, forego that and just read the last verse. Maybe the last two. When you get there, say amen. Revelation chapter 22. It's so good to be in God's house. It's good to see all of you here this morning and all of our visitors. We say God bless you and we welcome you to New Life Church. If this is your first time, maybe you haven't been here in a while, maybe you're visiting this morning, we just welcome you and we thank God that you came to fellowship and worship with us this morning. We, we, um, we are a loving body. We want to love you into the house of God and into the family of God. And uh, we want to make sure we're not perfect in that. There ain't a church that is. Ain't a church that is. But, you know, somebody said to me one time, I'm looking for the perfect church. I said, well, when you find it, don't join it. It won't be perfect anymore. We're all a work. <laughs> we're all a work in progress. We all have this treasure in an earthen vessel. And whether it's seen or expressed or uh, conveyed from us is dependent upon that we submit ourselves unto God and the Holy Spirit flows through us. And God, by His grace, is working to do His good pleasure in your life. He, he, he wants you to shine with Christ in your life and His love. That is what it's all about. Amen. Uh, just if you'll just remember this one thing, this one uh, mission statement in your life. All I want to do is make sure Jesus shines from me. All I want to do is make sure Christ flows from me. It's about Christ, Amen. It's about Christ. And so this morning, I want to uh, teach teach you and talk to you this morning. Preach a little bit here on uh, on this wonderful grace and how that. It is the final words, the final blessing or benediction, if you will, from John the Beloved. And, and he speaks this, and it's very, it's very telling, you know, of what it's going to take in this last hour. But starting with verse 20, he said, He which testify these things, and that's the whole book of Revelation, but especially this 22nd chapter. He which testify these things saith, Surely I will come quickly. How many knows Jesus? is coming quickly. Amen. And he said, even so, come Lord Jesus. That's what John said. You're coming quickly and I'm praying, even so, come quickly, Lord. And then he closes this out and he says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And uh, in the Amplified, it says, the grace of the Lord Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, be with all the saints, all believers, those set apart for God. Amen. 
We need his grace. And he was basically saying unto this unto us, you need my grace after you've read this whole book of Revelation, which is about the end times, okay? And about the tribulation and the great tribulation and the message to the churches. And there's so much that we can learn just speaking to us, just not looking to find out what it's saying about prophetic things, but what is it saying to me this morning? That's what we need to learn from this word. But let us this morning pray over the word of God. Would you agree with me in prayer? Father, we thank you for the privilege and the honor to come and to be here in your house, to break open the bread of life. And I'm thankful this morning, Lord, to have such a congregation to preach to. And Lord, I pray that their hearts and minds and lives will be ready to receive from the word of God because, Lord, we need you so desperately. We need you, Lord, so desperately. We need your grace more than anything God and I ask you today to bless us with that grace extend that grace to us in a greater measure than we've ever had let the Holy Ghost cause the reality of that to come alive in our spirit and God will give you all the praise and honor and glory in your name we ask Jesus amen and amen now I'm preaching this morning the blessing in the prophecy and what is the blessing in the prophecy well one huge mistake Mistake. Let me just say this first. One huge mistake that is made in the search and study of end time prophecy is that people are driven to do it for informational and knowledge purposes alone. They just want to have information and knowledge and then they don't apply a lot of times what they're reading and what's spoken to them. Often, whenever you go and you're just looking to find about end-time events and end-time things and what it all means and how it all comes together, it tends to spark fear. But God has not given His people a, a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And Bible prophecy is in the Word of God not to bring fear to us, as far as fear in the world, because this world is not our home. But it's brought to us, or, or Bible prophecy is to prepare us or to promote preparation for the times. Amen. It's to, it's to prepare us for the coming of the Lord. It's to prepare us for what we are going to experience up into the rapture of the church. And uh, I believe with all my heart, there's a lot of study that goes on that promotes fear. And God said, I want you to know today that I speak these things so that you will be prepared. So that you will live in the state of grace. And, and, and when I talk about fear, I'm not talking about I, I, I'm, I'm talking about the fear of the world, the carnal, you know. What are we going to do if we go to a digital currency? What are we going to do if we go to war? What about this? What about that? God is going to take care of His people. Amen. He's always taking care of us. He's always taking care of us. And even if there's righteous people in a wicked place, in a wicked time, He knows how to deliver the righteous. Amen. He knows how to deliver the righteous out of temptation. Amen. 
He knew how to deliver Lot out of Sodom. He knew how to deliver Noah out of a wicked world with, that had an imagination that was evil continually. He knows how to take his church out of a situation and out of a world that's crumbling. I can tell you, you may believe that we're going to go through the great tribulation. I do not believe we're going to go through the great tribulation. I believe God's going to spare his people of that because the word of God says that he's not appointed us unto wrath. But I will say this to you. We will go through the beginning of sorrows. We will go through tribulation times. And we've all experienced tribulation times. Oh, COVID was a tribulation time. We're going through a tribulation time now where we're seeing wars and rumors of wars. And we don't know what we're about ready to encounter or see in the world and even in our own nation. But I know this much. John closes out the book of Revelation of Jesus and the end times with grace. He ends it with grace, a blessing of grace. His parting words were that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ will be with you all during this all. Because I can tell you, if we read that and we didn't have grace, we would be absolutely mortified and terrified. But you don't have to fear. Malachi, if you read the last, test, the last book of the Old Testament, it closes with a message of a curse. You can read it on your own time. But it closes with a message of a curse if people do not hear the message of Elijah. He said that message will be to bring the fathers and turn them back to their children and the children back to their fathers. In other words, there's going to be a change that's going to take place in the heart of people. But if they begin to refuse and reject the change of God's grace and His love and mercy and His power to change them, then there's a curse upon them. But we also know this, the Old Testament was law. And, and we know that the Old Testament is law and the New Testament is grace. And Hebrews 7, 9, 19 said for the law made nothing perfect but the bringing in of a better hope did by which we draw nigh unto God. What I'm saying to you today is this. This grace, the message of it will be the means of us making it in this end time hour. Are you hearing me? It will be. And what are those graces? Oh, it's so vast. It's so, it's so uh, bigger than we could even imagine. Just the fact that God leads us to a place of prayer and he tells us to pray and you find out that in that place of prayer is the only place you have peace in your mind you can go there you can be all rattled if you watch the news or you hear what's going on you can be rattled if you think about what about my job what about the economy what about our country what about our government what about this what about Israel you can be all rattled but if you go before the Lord he gives you peace that passes all understanding peace to get you through the times the law did not make anything perfect but I can tell you grace does it's perfecting us in the simple fact that it's leading us and showing us and revealing to us this wonderful Christ Christ oh if the church ever needs to come back to something it's just preaching Christ preaching Christ amen preaching Christ. And so the grace, 
Grace, God's grace is a vast word, but it is the unmerited, unearned favor of God. You sit here this morning, I stand here this morning, saved and born again because God shed His grace upon us. We didn't deserve it. We weren't worthy of it. We were worthy of hell, but Jesus died for us and it's an unmerited, uh, you know, it's something that we didn't earn. We don't deserve it, but thank God for His grace. And His favor. What is grace, Pastor? It is the power and the ability of God. I will even say that it is the movement and the energy of God at work in us to obey and continue and finish our course in Christ. Paul said, I am what I am because of His grace. He finished his course because of his grace. He kept the faith because of God's grace. The Holy Spirit in our lives is one of the many, I'll say greatest of graces to us this morning. The Holy Spirit. I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit. Because there's times whenever I feel like Lord... I just feel so horrible. I just feel like I'm such a failure. And, I, and God said, just focus on my grace. Don't look at you. Don't focus on you. But focus on me. Keep your eyes upon the prize, son. Keep your eyes upon the Messiah. Keep your eyes upon Christ. Keep your eyes upon the one that conquered. See, when you start looking upon yourself and thinking that it's about your performance and what you can do and, and, and all of that, you're going to lose sight. You're going to be discouraged. You're going to think, my goodness, like Paul, oh, wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from this body of death? But if you get your eyes upon Jesus, amen, the author and the finisher of your faith you're going to make it amen he said lay aside every sin and the weight that does so easily beset you and run this race with patience looking unto Jesus don't look at yourself look unto Jesus don't look at a preacher look at your look unto Jesus hallelujah almighty God so it's the power and the ability Amen. It's the Holy Spirit in our lives, which is one of many graces. The Word of God is a grace. Prayer is a grace. The Holy Ghost is a grace. The body of Christ, the church, is a grace. You don't realize it till you go through something. Amen. You don't realize it till you go through something. Had somebody come up to me this morning. They said, we have prayed. We have prayed. Five or six people as I'm walking up, we've prayed for you, Pastor. I said, I have felt the waves of prayer. I felt the waves of prayer. Amen. Praise God. I felt the way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess something to you, and I'm not trying to be funny, but the greatest thing that can happen to this preacher is that I have to be disciplined in my diet. I have to be disciplined in my diet to reverse the things that have happened in my body. God is healing me. He's going to heal me. He has already healed me. But I'm sharing with you today that he said, I can heal you from head to toe. And you keep on being the behaviors of your diet and everything that you're doing. And you're going to continue down this path of destruction. But God has given me strength and power. And he said, don't eat that, Jonathan. Don't do that, Jonathan. I was at a party on Friday night, Alex's party. And I just walked by all those pastries and I said, not today day devil amen 
God has to bring healing. But you have to obey your way. Amen. Can you imagine if Hezekiah would have said, you know what, Isaiah, you came back and said God healed me and he's going to give me 15 more years. I don't have to put that and do that what you told me to do. Yeah, you do. My grandma told me one time, Holy Ghost-filled woman, she said, the Lord told me, I've already healed you. You just need to quit sabotaging your healing. Amen. I healed you of those ulcers, but you keep eating chili. You wonder why you got acid reflux? Because you eat spaghetti at 10.30 at night with chocolates. Amen. That's why you lay in bed and everything comes back up. Amen. God gave me a strength and he said, this is what you're going to eat. This is what you're going to do. And God is going to do a work in me. He already is. Praise God. And I'm so grateful. In the presence of God, His Holy Spirit, is the, and which is the evidence of God, from our first born again breath until our final breath in faith, we have the Spirit of God, the presence of God. That is what makes grace so powerful. It does. Last night I laid there on, on my bed there as I'm praying in, 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 in the, the spare bedroom. I'm out there and I'm praying and I said, God, I said, I just want your presence to come. And I said, I'm just going to wait upon you. Well, it was about 15 minutes, but I felt the Spirit of the Lord begin to come in that room. I felt Him begin to come in my spirit. And He said, just stay there. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I just think God wanted to see, are you going to stay here? Are you going to get up and go just because I didn't do what you wanted when you wanted it? But His grace, I can tell you, is made powerful and so real. As we begin to experience His Holy Spirit, it makes it real. He purchased it for us. He purchased this great salvation for us. And it's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, He said in the Word. He purchased it with His own blood, the incorruptible blood. We were not redeemed with corruptible things. I quote it all the time because there's a lot of people that are trying to get relief and remedy and help and therapy from things that are corruptible. But I assure you this, the only incorruptible remedy is Jesus. And whenever He begins to do a work, He does it powerful. Amen. He does it completely. Amen. Hallelujah. He's incorruptible in His blood was incorruptible and he said in Peter you are not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold but with the precious blood of Jesus and in Ephesians 2 and 5 he said we've been quickened by his grace quickened by his grace in other words God begins to surface that he begins to bring that up in our spirit we've been quickened by his grace our whole spiritual life remains because He continues to communicate grace to us and continually influence us. Isn't that powerful? Amen. I know. I'm going to tell you something right now. A lot of times, I'm going to make a blanket statement. A lot of times, people don't get excited about messages that do not stir in them something that would involve them only in their victory and their success. 
All he did was talk about scriptures and about Jesus. He said, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory. That born again experience of Jesus, this is the victory. Amen. It's not, it's not, it's not the Elisha spirit in you or the lion in you or anything else. Amen. Only champion in you is Jesus. Amen. Praise God. You've got to know that today. The focus has to be on Jesus. It cannot be anything other than Jesus. And our whole spiritual life remains because He continues to communicate grace to us. It's a continual influence. I stand here today because of John uh, 1 verse 14. It's one of my most favorite scriptures. And it says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the only of the as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Let me read it in the Amplified. And the Word, Christ, became flesh and lived among us. And we actually saw Him, He said, His glory. Glory as belongs to the one and only begotten Son of the Father, the Son who is truly unique, the only one of His kind, who is full of grace and truth, absolutely free of deception That's Christ. And then he goes down in verse 16 and he says this, And his fullness have we all received and grace for grace. In the Amplified it says, For out of his fullness the superabundance of his grace and truth we have all received grace upon grace, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. Everything that we have I have found when you come and you say, God it's all you, there's nothing to do with me, I cannot do it. I can't repent without you dealing with me. I can't overcome temptation without you helping me and giving me strength. I can't be who you've called me to be. I cannot become, you know, the example of Christ in your love without your grace. We need to pray, God, give me the grace of God to bring me to where you want me to be and who you want me to be. David described it strength to strength. And it is the fullness of God that is when a believer values and enjoys God's love and moves beyond knowledge. In Ephesians 3 and 19, I don't know if you have that up there or not, but Ephesians 3 and 19, I'll get it. I don't know if I wrote it down or not. Probably not. But in Ephesians 3 19, it says, And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of of God. We need His grace to be full, filled with the fullness of God. There are people that have a knowledge of the Word of God. They can quote Scripture front and back. But can you live it? You can quote Scripture front and back. But can you live it? Do you live it? Listen, we have to be doers of the word, not just hearers. And I'm going to say even, I know we're not supposed to add to the word of God, and I'm not adding. I'm just saying this, I'm paraphrasing. We have to be not only doers of the word, and not just hearers only, but we have to be livers and examples of the word of God. Praise God. 
Amen. That's why people don't want to come to church because all they see is hypocrisy a lot of times. And I know there's hypocrites all over the world. There's hypocrites in the bar. There's hypocrites in the club. There's hypocrites everywhere you go. Hypocrites in politics and hypocrites everywhere. There's people that are fraudulent. But church, that ought not to be the church. We ought to be people that are full of grace, full of the fullness of God, not just knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies man hallelujah I already feel better amazing what five pounds will do praise God you folks are in trouble if I lose any more I'll be in your rear view mirror Let me give you an example of grace. We need in the end times. We need it. We need it to be an example. We need it to stay focused and to stay faithful and established. We need it. His grace. His favor. His strength. His power. It's all His grace. Amen. Just imagine for just a second, this was a big toolbox, okay? And in that toolbox, there's a hammer, there's a screwdriver, there is a saw, there is a tape measure, there's all kinds of things. There's a chalk line. There's, let's just say hypothetically, 15 different tools in that toolbox. That toolbox, just imagine, that's grace. It's grace. The toolbox is grace. The tools in there are unique and special things and specific things that God gives you, okay, to do what you cannot do on your own. I've shared this before. If somebody told you, dig me a big old ditch, and you're standing there and all you got your hands, you can get down there and you can try to scoop it out. You know, with nothing, you're not going to get very far. But if they hand a shovel in your hand, that's grace. God's saying, I am giving you the power to do what you cannot do on your own. I'm empowering you. You're like, man, this is easy. That's right. Grace makes living for God easy. Not greasy, easy. Doesn't mean you can be and live any way you want to. Shall we sin that, that grace may abound? Paul said, God forbid. But we need to be people that understand. He empowers what you cannot do. My God. So what do I do, Pastor? You have to come and you have to submit to God. Just tell Him, Lord, I need your grace. And when you mean it in your heart, and you're not just saying it, just words, you mean it. Your heart is for God. And you say, God, I failed you so many times, but I need your grace. I have found God flips a switch. He lets you go on and do it in your own strength till you give up. We've Many of us, if not all of us, have been there where we said, I've tried to discipline myself. I tried to do it with my own strength and power. It's by grace that you're saved, not works. Through faith, lest any man should boast. And you can always hear people, whenever they are living in themselves or they're doing it, they boast. You'll hear the pride boast. But I can tell you there's no boasting here. It's just Jesus. 
I'm a filthy, rotten thing, but thank God Jesus saved me. And if you think, well, you know, I'm not that bad, you're the worst. Amen. Every one of us in here, we're dirty, rotten, rank sinners, and the only reason we're here today is because of the grace of God. And I'm so thankful, amen. I'm so thankful. He's a God of grace. But let me give you some examples of grace that we will need in the end times. Number one, restraining grace. If God did not restrain us, we would be as weak as the wicked. We would, we, we would be as blind and corrupt and hard and affections and, and, and perverse in our will if not for restraining grace. And God, by His restraining grace, you know, we talk about sustaining. Well, we need restraining grace. Keep me, Father God. Keep me. Keep me from going down that dark path. Keep me from the things that would keep me out of the house of God. Keep me steadfast and unmoved before you. Keep me moving and progressing. Keep me in the faith. So we need that restraining grace. And we're here today because he restrains. Thank God. I know somebody that was in the house of God that backslid and they threw aside the restraining grace and now they're in a mess. I mean a terrible mess. They're bound. They're, they're, their mind is gone. They're bound and because they chose to throw to the side the restraining grace. We need to make sure that we do not thrust aside God's grace because we'll become seven times worse than we were when God delivered us the first time. And it's harder to make your way back. Amen. But there's convicting grace. It's the Holy Spirit at work every day, every hour. And it begins to bring us to repentance. But it is God's means and power to keep us sanctified. Because He saved us to be a holy people. Not holier than thou, but a holy sanctified people. He called you. People say, you know, I'm saved, but I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not crazy. I'm not extreme. I said, Jesus was extreme. And he calls us and puts in us such a desire to be holy, to be pure. Amen. Not self-righteous, not better than you, but he called us out of a life of sin to live a life for Christ Jesus in righteousness and holiness. People say, I've been saved. And if you're still living in the things that you were before, you have to ask yourself the question, what did I get saved from? I got saved from, th from some things. Many things. Things I'll tell you and things I won't. You ought to tell us all. Well, then let me pass the microphone around. Why don't you spill all your dirty laundry? It's under the blood, thank God. If some people knew some of the things that some people did in this church, you'd move seats. That's just human nature. Amen. Had a woman in the, in the altar one time. She was praying. And a lady right next to her I manifested. as a devil manifested. I, I, it, she was down there in the altar. And as soon as that old gal over here started manifesting, she stood up like this. She was ready to knock somebody out. So let Jesus do it. Amen. You don't know where people have been. But you know what's awesome and what's so beautiful is that 
God is constantly convicting us and he's removing all those old things. He said old things pass away, all things become new. It's hard to believe that we did any of those old things. But you did. And thank God they're under the blood. And we don't have to talk about them or think about them anymore. Angela never even knew what I was preaching this morning. And I thought, up, oh, up, oh, sister, hold on here. Don't get on my message now. Amen. But that's unity there in the Spirit of God. Amen. I never told her nothing, nothing. And so God knows. And we're going to get to that in just a moment as we go here a little bit further. But convicting grace. It's the Holy Spirit at work every day, every hour. And it begins to bring us to repentance. But it is the power to keep us sanctified. When you tell somebody off and you go back and you ask them to forgive you, God is convicting you. And that is your best friend. That Holy Ghost will tell you, call them, ask them to forgive you. Tell them, I'm sorry that I reacted that way. I'm sorry I said that. You know, how about converting grace? We cannot change ourselves. Only God can. He converts the heart. It is God's power that removes the stony heart and puts in a heart of flesh that feels. You didn't do that on your own. People say, well, you know, I'm going to come to church, but first thing I need to do is I need to quit smoking pot. I need to quit drinking. I need to, you know, uh, you know do this and do that. And I need to, you know, all these things they, they have in their mind I've got to do in order to come to Jesus. He, he said, come unto me just like you are. I'll love you. I'll forgive you. And by my grace, I'll change you. Thank God. So it's God's power that removes the stony heart and puts in a heart of flesh that feels. And that flesh that feels loves God, but it's dealing with an old Adamic nature that wants to burp up all the time. Here it surfaces. Amen. And we got to put it under. Nobody's judging you. Nobody's criticizing you. We're not slamming anybody because we all deal with that old nature and that flesh. We all have. But all I'm saying to you is this. He gives us a heart of flesh and converts us so that not only we can be an example and bring glory to God. That's the key. Bring glory to God, but also begin to minister to others to give them a hope. You mean there's a possibility for me? Yes. Yes. Just remember this, brothers and sisters. When you're talking to people that are the closest to you, just remember where you were before you start coming down quite so hard on them. Because there was a lot of love given to you. A lot of grace extended to you. And we get saved and we get years under our belt and we get spiritual. And then all of, a th- all of a sudden we think that we're, you know, the Pope. And we can go and we can... No. I shouldn't have said the Pope. I should have said super spiritual or something like that. We're not even Catholic, but... You say, well, they need to get right with God. I realize that. But just remember how long God was long-suffering with us. Come on. Cut them some slack. Get on your face. If you're going to go to them and tell them the truth, make sure you get on your face and weep and bleed your heart out for them before you go to them. Okay? Because I can tell you, they're going to be won by the love of God. The love of Christ. 
That's where it's at right there in his grace. And when you realize what he's done in your life, he says here in the word of God, David said in Psalms 51 verse 12, he said, we know the scripture created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. And the Amplified, it says, a steadfast spirit. And he says, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. And I love this, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and sustain me, uphold me with thy free spirit, thy willing spirit, it says in the Amplified. And he says, then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. You have to have an audience with people. And the first thing they have to see is that you've really truly changed. And that God didn't save you to make you the judge. He saved you to make you the lover of men and, and people to bring them to God. Amen. In love. I was driving through Chick-fil-A a week ago. No more of that. I'm going to tell you. No more fatty liver. Amen. Somebody said, I don't have fatty liver, but I got fatty everything else. But I drove up and... Uh, I said to Angela, I said, you know, I said, I feel like because I've been on the piano and I preach and I don't get to get in the altars and pray with people. And I, I've been out of the jails for several years and I'm on the piano. And I just I just feel like that my skills in in ministry and ministering to people and street ministry and those kind of things, they just kind of get rusty. I'm being truthful with you. Okay. Look, don't look at me and say, well, Pastor, you know, you shouldn't be like that with you. Well, let me tell you. When you don't do something for a long time and you live in a bubble, that's one thing that really helped me when I went to work for Home Depot in 2019 is I was around people that, you know, everybody didn't love me. I mean, I believe everybody in here loves me, you know, I hope. <laughs> you love God and thank God you love me. <laughs> so I don't know what I'd do if you didn't, but... But I remember being there and had this old man just rip me. And I thought, and I went home and I told Angela, this guy, he yelled at me. He's one of those checkers. He's, he shouldn't even be there. He should be retired, you know, but here he is. I don't mean that as a slam. I'm just saying. If you're 95, you probably shouldn't be checking at Home Depot. But, oh, come on, church. <laughs> I'm only going to say this. There's a reason why older people have to work. <laughs> Amen. I'll leave that alone. Let you marinate on that for a second. But I come home and Angela said, mm. she said, you're out of your bubble, Skiles. She said, everybody don't love you at Home Depot. They don't know you. They don't like you. They don't. And I, I just remember thinking, man, I have been in a bubble. And so my, my skills and my just exercising that ministering to people and street ministry and talking one-on-one -on -one with people was actually developed and, and it helped me. It was a good thing for me. 
But the other night, I had told her, I said, you know, I see Kyle, and I see you, and I see the people on the street ministry. It's like they can just talk to anybody, and, and, and I can talk to people. I said, but I just don't feel like I have that liberty. And, and, and we were talking about how that everybody has their gifts, and everybody has special, specific gifts, that, and, and they have different personalities, and we're all unique, and some people can do, you know, things, and, and it's harder for other people. All that being said, I, I said, I just want to be able to do that, and I'm, I'm, I'm praying that God will help me. And uh, we went up, pulled up to Chick-fil-A. It wasn't three minutes, three or four minutes. Here I'm at Chick-fil-A, and I rolled down the window, and I said, this man said, how are you doing this evening, you know? And I said, I'm doing good. I said, how are you? And he said, not good. And I said, really? I said, what, what's wrong? Why are you not good? What's, what's troubling you? He said, well, he said, the Dodgers lost. And I said, I was gracious. I said, you know what? I said, is it the playoffs? You know, it's the playoffs, right? It's not the World Series. It's the playoffs. I'm looking at Lorenzo like he's just looking at me like, I don't know. <laughs> but I said, you know, sir, I said, um, it's hard. I said, you know, when you have your team, and he goes, yeah, you know, this and that. And I said, it's rough. You know, you want your team to win, you know. I get it. I totally get it, you know. You're not, you're not there, you know, for a, a participation trophy. You want your team to win, you know. And he goes, yeah, I'm just really, it just bums me, you know. And I said, you know what? I said, you know what's worse than that, though? And he's like, what? I said, that one day we're all going to stand before God. And I said, I want to make sure that we aren't disappointed on that day. I said it with love, and he goes, you know what, you're right. You're right. I said, it kind of brings it into perspective, you know. I go, I know these things, they bother us. You know, I wasn't like, you know, you're carnal. <laughs> but I said, I know... <laughs> I said, I, I, I know these things, they, they bother us, but if you really stop and think about it, you know, eternity is forever. You know, and he's like, you know what, sir, you're right. You're right. And I was like, you know, that ended the conversation right there. It was pretty much squelched, and he sent me down the way. But I know that the Lord showed me something. He said, you you have the ability by my grace to speak to people. You just have to wait for the perfect opportunity. And if you let people talk, God will give you a minute to get your mind and your thoughts and what to say in love, you know, in love. There were times before when I probably would have said, well, you know, serves them right or whatever, you know, but I didn't. I tried to show grace. And whenever you have known grace, and God begins to show you grace, then you can lead transgressors in the way. And I want you to see the operative word here is, he says, then will I teach transgressors thy ways. 
and sinners shall be converted unto thee, teaching them, leading them, not driving them, not, not guilting them into something, not berating them or beating them. You're not going to stiff arm anybody. That's why I know apologetics is something in the Bible, and I understand about apologetics, but I think a lot of times people are, are, are in a lot of ways being arm wrestled into the kingdom rather than by the Spirit of God, Him changing their heart. Amen? Because I can tell you, we need a spiritual transformation. It's not going to be a battle of the spiritual wits or Bible that you're going to win somebody. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But, but faith comes. Faith in the Word of God. And it's very important that we show them the love of God and the grace of God flows from us. And, and that it's a beautiful thing that they'll say, you know, you, you, you just really ministered to me. And it's the greatest thing for somebody to stand up and say, this person poured into me and I stand here today because they loved me and they poured into me. So the power of God's grace to remain willing to be faithful to God is something that is awesome and we need it. We need His grace for that. We must pray, Lord, let nothing hinder me. Let nothing hinder me. And don't think it cannot happen because Demas forsook Paul. The Galatians, he said, you ran well. Who did hinder you that you do not believe the truth? And Ephesus left their first love. Laodicea became lukewarm. So you've got to know that the grace of God is very important because it keeps us right with God. It keeps us established and not moved by every wind of doctrine and every emotion. A lot of people aren't moved by winds of doctrine. They're moved by winds of emotion. Amen. Amen. Let me say it again. They're not moved by winds of doctrine. They're moved by winds of emotion. And if we knew the doctrine of God and we knew the word of God, our emotions wouldn't captivate us and pull us out so easily. There have been times my emotions told me, feel this way. But the word of God said, uh-uh. That's why we've got to know the word. We've got to know the word. So grace keeps us right and established and not moved by every wind. We are witnessing in our, in our world and in the, in the nations and in our own United States. Baal worship, especially in the church. Oh, no, pastor. It's not happening in the church. Yes, it is. Baal worship, which is the worship that is all about man. Man-centered. It's not from him and for all. You know, the Bible says that it's for, from God and for God all things. We sing it. But it's not the, the new Baal style of worship or, 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 or should I say spirit. It's not from him uh, and all things for him and to him and all things for the glory of God. But it's for the glory of man. It's from man and for man and man's glory. It's a deviation from God to all about man. And we have to be very careful not to move away from Jesus being the main thing in the center always. We need grace to not be deceived in this final hour because Jesus said the very elect, the very elect could be deceived. And I know he's talking about the Jews. He's talking about you and I. We have to make sure that we're in the word of God and we need the grace to not be deceived in this hour. Listen to your pastor. We have to promote Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is rest and comfort for your souls. I'm not going to preach all day long, but stay here with me for just a little bit longer. 
There is rest and comfort for our souls in Christ with the grace of God. And we're going to need comfort and rest in the most chaotic hours we're living in. People will say, how do you stay so calm and peaceful? My hope is in Him. This world is not my home. My hope is in Him. Amen. And Christ alone. I was reading this week. It blessed me. It blessed me. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Turn there with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 1. He says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother under the church of God, which is at Corinth with all the saints which are in a K.I. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God. This is an awesome and powerful scripture. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth in Christ. Anybody been suffering in the last few years? We all have went through some suffering. And through that, we've learned some things. We've learned to trust in Jesus. We've learned that it's by His grace that we stand firm and upon His word and true to God in faith. And he said, and whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation. Paul is saying this about himself and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the, of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Somebody that's been through something can speak something and they can bring consolation and comfort and they can bring Something that only a person that's been through it can speak. I, was, I asked Pastor Lee to pray for me. And he sent me, he sent me a voice message. You know, we go back and forth. And he's like, Johnny Skiles. I'm like, Lee Ship. He said... God has already proven to you he's a healer. This is nothing for him. And it's nothing for you because God has proven to you. So you stand in his word and I'm praying for God to perfectly heal you and he will in Jesus' name. When he said that, I thought, Lord, I know that. You are my healer. I have preached messages and people have gotten healed in the service without nobody touching them because they laid hold upon the message that was a consolation and a comfort to them, a faith to them. Paul says, we've been through some suffering and he said it's brought about a message that is powerful because it consoles and it comforts. And our hope of you is steadfast knowing that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so shall you be also of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength and so much that we despaired even of life. Amen. Spared even of life. People say, God's not going to put more on you than you can handle. I can tell you, He's not. But He's going to put on you what you can handle. And He knows your pressure valve. He knows your limitations. 
And sometimes, and the Apostle Paul said, we were pressed. We thought we were going to die. But we had this sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves. (laughs) But in God which raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, does deliver, and who we trust that He will yet deliver us. And He said in verse 10, oh, I already quoted, I didn't see it there, but He delivered us, He's going to continue to deliver us, and He's delivering us. He's a God who's showing us His grace and His comfort. But I want you to get that He's the God of all comfort and all mercies. In Micah 7, 18 and 19, the Bible says that who is a God like unto thee that pardons iniquity, passes by the transgression of the remnant of His heritage. He retaineth not His anger forever because He delighteth in mercy. I read that and I said, God, you delight in mercy. You delight in mercy. So when people come and they make you feel like God won't forgive you and God doesn't care, remember this, God delights, delights in mercy. That's a beautiful passage. That is His character. That is His redemption. It's greater than even His creation. I was in awe. You delight in mercy, God. And I want to know this God. The God who so delighted that He suffered for me. Who are we that He would die for us? He said, I delighted in you. Amen. When He saw you in all of your sin and transgression and all of your depression, all of your foolishness and stupidity, and torment, and bondage, and pain, and sorrow, and sadness, and hopelessness, your hopeless nights, your sleepless nights, your troubling times, the fears that you felt, all of those things. He said, I delighted in showing you mercy. And His grace was constantly pulling. You say, well, what do you mean by that, Pastor? I can tell you there were times, every one of us, The Holy Ghost said, I'm trying to get a hold of you. Come. Somebody would come over and they would minister to you, say something to you. And the Holy Ghost was going, I'm trying to tug on you. It's my grace trying to pull you a little closer to me. And you thought, you know what? I need to get back in church. But you didn't. But then another time God, you know, brought you to that place where you're like, man, I need to be be in the house of God. I need need God in my life. That's where we're living. And he delights in mercy, showing mercy. He's a merciful God. And I love that. I love that. Psalms 103, it shows an even more detail of his character. And I just want to read a couple passages here, and then I'm going to close, I promise you. Psalms 103. He said in verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Think about that. Was anybody ever at a place of destruction? Were you ever at a place you were so in your mind that you're even suicidal? But God said, I redeemed your life from from destruction, from destructive behaviors like drug addiction and alcoholism, from destructive behaviors of, of just anger, 
You know, some people, I know of a, a, a relative of mine and her dad is so angry that he constantly spews anger and he pushes everybody away. He pushes everybody away. It's so sad. But people, they, they, they have destructive behaviors and destructive habits and destructive patterns in their life. And God is saying, by my grace, I'm trying to deliver you and redeem you from these destructive things. And it's His grace that brings us where we need to be. And I love that He says He crowns me with loving kindness. He crowns us with loving kindness and mercy. He surrounds us. He admonishes us. He encircles us. He encompasses us. He honors us. He is not just the source of this great gracious blessing, but it's beautiful and He gives dignity and He crowns us with that dignity. Have you ever just sat and just thanked God for where you were to where you are now. <sighs> and you know, it's okay in yourself to say, thank God I'm not there no more. Just don't become prideful in it. Thank God. It's by the grace of God that I'm not there. I remember a lady that got saved, and she was the worst of the worst. I mean, in her life, God saved her from a lot of things. And we were out street witnessing when we first started the church. It was probably 2003 or four. And I remember we went to a, a hamburger place after church one night, and she just looked over, and she saw a man digging out of the trash can. And she stood there, tears streaming down her face. I said, I said, that's sad. She goes, you know, Pastor, that was me. That was me. She goes, I used to be so bound by drugs, so bound in that life, I'd pick out of the trash can to eat. She said, I would be so cold, I'd wrap myself up in plastic, lay beside that dumpster just to keep warm at night. And she goes, and I'm so thankful today that I'm born again that I'm serving God. It's by the grace of God. Listen, none of us here are, are who we are without His grace, and we will never make it in this final hour without His grace. That's why we have to ask God, give me that grace. Let me experience the fullness of that grace. Let me, let me every day of my life to keep me where I need to be in you, Lord. Because whenever I get off track, I'm telling you, some people, they don't fall into sin. They jump. You don't want the devil to get you to jump. Don't let him lick your ear and take you back down the road. Of, we're that close. <laughs> Now's not the time to go back to that. Let God do something powerful in your life and the grace of God work in you. And that's what he wants to do this morning. That was John's final parting words. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Everything that you've heard would almost make you be fearful. But he said you don't have to be afraid. Because there is a place prepared for you and I. Jesus said you believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's, uh, in my father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. 
But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again for you. The grace of God keeps us at that place looking for the return of the Lord. And I'm telling you, we're circling the airport. I believe with all my heart, and I don't want to spark fear in you, but I believe, and I'm going to share this, I promise you, I'm going to close. I, I believe with all my heart that this situation with Israel is just the beginning. We all already know that. We feel that in our spirit. But last night, as I was praying and seeking God, I heard somebody say, so goes Israel, so goes the United States. And I went in and I began to pray. And you know how you pray, and, and especially if you're Holy Ghost filled, you've had the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you pray. And you know whenever you've hit something, you've hit a nerve, you've hit, the, you've hit something that you're pushing back against something, an attack of the enemy. And I just began to pray, and I said, God, whatever attack is being strategized and planned and plotted for our nation at our southern border, I said, I'm asking you right now. I bind that. When I said that, something, whoop, I said, oh, brother, I've hit a nerve. That's what leads me to believe that we're on the, the threshold of our own country being invaded. You say, well, we already have been by our border being open. I got you. I agree with you. I, I, I just, I, I don't know why that happened, but other than that, just the enemy influenced people to think that that was okay, but it's not. It's an antichrist thing. I'm telling you right now, and I don't care what anybody thinks about what I'm saying, okay? We have to protect ourselves, you know? That's why we have locks on our doors, you know, that's why we have, you know, we protect ourselves because evil is out there. And there's people that want to infiltrate our nation and want to destroy us. And, and when you say carte blanche, come on in. You have, you can't do that. You can't do that, church. We can't. And so I believe with all my heart as I begin to pray and I begin to hit on that thing. For 15 minutes I prayed and I felt like such an attack. Such a, I'm hitting up against something in prayer. And the Lord said, the church my church in the United States better get on their knees and start praying more than they've ever prayed before because there's going to be nobody that's going to be immune from it. We don't know what's been allowed in this country. We don't know. And we don't know what will try to invade our country. But we have to pray that God will have mercy and grace upon us. And I only know that from what I experienced in prayer. Anytime I've ever prayed and I, I began to hit on something, I knew I'm fighting a devil. I'm fighting against a force of wickedness and evil that's pl plotting and planning something. And I have just come against it. But we have power and we prevail in prayer. You have to think about that. We prevail in prayer. It's an awesome thing to know that we prevail in prayer and we can see God move. So as we close this morning, as we close in this, in this altar this morning, I want Sister Lupe to come. Would you bow your heads in prayer this morning? Would you bow your heads in prayer this morning?